I know a true story. There used to be this camp about 60 miles from here, Camp Arawak. All these kids started getting killed. A bunch of little kids were hatcheted to death, and a girl got stabbed while taking a shower. One of the cooks got boiled in some water. The owner of the camp, he got it in his neck with an arrow. Jesus. About 30 people were killed, and the camp had to be closed down. The end. Now playing listeners, this is Arnie, and you want to go camping? Thanks to coronavirus and social distancing, I don't think too many camps are open, but Stuart Brock and I are going to sleepaway camp. That's right, because A Quiet Place has moved its release date, and we really don't know when that's going to come out, we asked our patrons and our supporters, what do you want us to do instead of A Quiet Place? And they picked Sleepaway Camp. So instead of two episodes of A Quiet Place and one episode of Bird Box, instead of three bonus reviews, now you're going to get five if you're a platinum-level donor. Because there are five Sleepaway Camp movies, one through four, and Return to Sleepaway Camp. Today we took one final hike in the woods and reviewed Return to Sleepaway Camp. Here's a clip from that review. And then I'll be back on the other side to talk to you about how you can hear the entire Sleepaway series. And I think they've stacked the deck so much that it's just so hard to think of it in the same way about who's killing who. There's almost too much going on. There's too many characters. There's too many possibilities. And yeah, I'm waiting. Where's Angela? Because that's who's probably going to do it. It just... For me, the mystery isn't set up with the same uh, simplicity as it was in the first one. And it takes a long time for the next person to die. We got this Weed Williams, and he doesn't drink gasoline until like half an hour into this movie. I couldn't believe who played Weed Williams, because I didn't recognize him. And I'm just looking up these people. This is Adam Wiley? He was the little kid on Picket Fences for all those years. (laughs) A Picket Fences reference. Ding, ding, ding. If you're you're playing along at home, that's another drink for you. (laughs) He was the little kid with the shy bladder who couldn't pee at school. And he was such a great actor. I felt so bad this is what happened to him. Well, he did pretty well in the role, actually. He was very convincing. He was... Um, he looked very familiar to me. I didn't catch where I knew him from. I, he reminded me of a combination of Breck and Meyer and Seth Green. He did fine with it, and I, I kind of enjoyed the two of them doing the typical stoner stuff, and again, reminiscent of the stoner girls we saw in previous sleepaway camps, so I kind of like that they're kind of the same characters, but modernized again. And the whole thing with the cow pie cigarette, they set that up nicely, and then they executed it well. So, like, this whole scene, it took a little longer, meandered a little bit. But uh, certainly, of all the characters that die in this movie, these two are some of the most memorable, especially because of their scene setting up their death, and then his absolute death. I actually like these two. Yeah, I like the death, but I don't think it needs five people to set it up, and that's what it takes. Like... Weed Williams has a friend that's standing right next to him named Stan, and then there's the other guy that they got to smoke at last year named Spaz, and his friend TC, and like, 
Normally you only have like one or two bullies, right? It's really confusing like there's five white guys jogging for this, not to mention the stepbrother. And so it takes a whole lot of mechanics to get the fat kid on his knees in front of Stan. And now everyone's going to call him blowjob because he was coughing from smoking cow poop and everyone thought he was giving head. But he's going to get revenge, or someone's going to get revenge, poetically, by making weed smoke while tied up to his chair with uh, gasoline on his breath. And you talk about extra characters. We get to see Spaz and Weed there smoking with two girlfriends that we've never seen before. I'm like pausing the film (laughs) trying to figure out which girls these are. Yeah, I wrote down their names. Evie and Sue, they've got to be important. We, I heard their names. Nope, never seen again. You don't see, you'll see them again either. Like They're in this one scene. Yeah. Yeah, frustrating. It would have been better if they'd been some of the girls, maybe who hung out with Bella or Karen or something. You know, just have characters come back. This feels like it should be an American Pie type film, but i really struggling to keep track of the clicks. And the only thing that really matters, the only character definition we get about any of these people is we all hate Alan. Well, I mean, again, you keep saying we hate Alan and I'm repulsed by him. But I also think people are cruel, and I think... Well, no, I'm not saying we hate Alan. I'm saying that's what those characters are saying. All those characters have in common is they hate Alan. Right, right. Yeah, that's definitely a unifier. And it's true of life. I mean, I do think it helps in bringing diverse people together. It's not going to be the economic class of the third movie. It's going to be, yeah, who can we all agree we're better than? And yeah, Alan loses just because he's got everything wrong with him. Stinky, fat kid that, yeah, maybe has some hyperactivity and mental challenges and, yeah, maybe violent too. He does throw a hell of a knife at Mickey. Right. Yes, indeed. So who do we like in this? I always hang, it's it's true of the first movie as well. I always liked Ronnie and I'm glad to see him back looking a little older, but still buff, still fit and still very kind, still willing to always be taking the high road and, you know, not getting mad, helping the weakest link. But he, in this movie, maybe he's the killer, right? They tease that. He starts to get a little paranoid After Weed dies, he starts accusing some of the counselors of, you know, you look like you could be Angela. You look like you're always nice. The more he gets into that paranoia, the more I think maybe he snaps. Maybe that's the good twist of all of this is the nicest guy is the actual psychopath. Here's the problem for poor Ronnie. Once you start bringing in actual actors who have worked in other stuff. (laughs) I know. uh, Truthfully, this movie has the best cast of any sleepaway camp. People who have actually been in other things. We have Shaft. We have Big Pussy. We have... Picket Fences. That character actor who played Mickey. We have real actors here. And then you bring in poor Paul D'Angelo, who hasn't acted (laughs) since 1983. And wasn't that great then? Let's be honest. He was just likable. You know, there's different styles of acting. And his is, I think you would call naturalistic. (laughs) Untrained, maybe. And so, yeah, you can see the other more polished actors struggling sometimes to have conversations with him because his readings are, yeah, he's just, he's giving a different kind of performance than they are. He memorized his lines, Stuart. You're being very generous. (laughs) It's just sad. I feel bad for him because in the first movie, he fit right in with all those non-actors. Right. But here, I can't take him seriously 
because he's just dropping the ball. He was a minor league player, not even a star, a minor league player who somehow got in the majors and sucks. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But I still, again, because this is a B-movie franchise anyway, and you can be bad and good at the same time, if you know what I mean. Like, his bad acting still is kind of charming. And again, it's nice to have the callback. If so much of this is about returning to the nostalgia of the first movie, it means more that he's here and that he's going to give the cop a line on going to talk to Ricky. That Ricky is going to find a way into this plot as well. I'm glad they did that. I'm glad it was rewritten to include them because I think it makes this movie feel more special. I agree that bringing back the counselor is a good idea. Bringing back Ricky and especially you, someone used the word shoehorn earlier when he comes back at the end. It certainly feels that way. In this one scene, me already being onto the movie, I was very curious on as to why the cop even bothered to go see Ricky. And then Ricky drops a line that, hey, I see Angela all the time. Our spring-summer 2020 donation drive is coming to an end. So if you'd like to hear the Sleepaway series reviews, as well as our gold-level reviews of all the Tom Cruise movies of the 80s, where he was the star, plus Top Gun, and our silver-level reviews of the Candyman series and Jordan Peele's Us, head to nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash donate. With a one-time pledge of $35 or more, you get access to 20 bonus reviews. Most of them are out now, but if you pledge before this donation drive is up, you're also going to get reviews of the new Candyman movie and the new Top Gun film Maverick when those are released. We expected them to be released during the donation drive. Corona made that impossible. But if you donate now, you'll get those reviews whenever the movies are made available. Our donation drive ends August 18th, a little bit earlier than we'd initially announced because of the change of dates of films. So if you donate by then, 20 bonus reviews. And know that every penny you donate goes to keeping Now Playing Podcast operating and improving the show every way we can it's because of supporters we're able to do totally free tuesday and this tuesday we'll be back with a totally free review of the 2004 stephen king movie secret window starring johnny depp we hope you'll join us for that thank you for listening to now playing from all of the hosts and behind the scenes staff here thank you for your support we'll be back soon Thanks a lot. That was fun. Listen, you don't have AIDS or anything, do you? No. Great. See ya. Your support helps keep now playing on the air. Well, I hope you come back next year. The opinions expressed on now playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Venganza Media Incorporated. I think I better take you over to your firm before your mouth gets you in any more trouble. Venganza Media Incorporated is not affiliated with, and this podcast has not been prepared, approved, or licensed by any entity that created the film analyzed herein. Keep your morals strong and you'll never go wrong. All movie clips and music included in this podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. 
They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Don't tell anyone, okay? If the wrong person found out, I could lose an election someday. Now Playing Podcast is an exclusive trademark of, and may not be used without the expressed written permission of, Venganza Media Incorporated. You never can be too careful. Now Playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2020, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. All rights reserved. Hey, bunk 19, time to go. Say goodnight and move out.